0: PJ Zuko is big mad. So, big, so, uh, yeah. Mad. So insanely Don't angry. Big mad.
1: I broke. Don't
0: come in here. I broke on PJ Zuko. Oh. He ain't happy. Don't do it. He's furious. Even. I
1: I'm might, worried. I might smack Christian. Who knows? I
0: might get Chris rocked
1: in the face. I'd never do
0: that. I'd never. never? do
1: Never. I'd never do that. Never.
0: To there have been some times where you looked at me kind of sideways. Oh, well,
1: exactly. Yeah, sure. But I mean, you get past that, you know?
0: But PJ Zuko is big mad today, and it's one reason and one reason only. <laughs> NFL overtime rules. PJ Zuko is furious about, I guess, not just the change, so, um, but the fact that the NFL is kind of half stepping. Yeah. One foot in, one foot back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know? It's very frustrating
1: when. So, leagues do that.
0: For those of you who haven't been on Twitter today or haven't been on the ESPN app or haven't been listening to ESPN radio uh, the NFL owners agreed that in the playoffs now both teams will get a possession before the game turns in to sudden death overtime. Now like with many things on this year program PJ Zuko and I disagree. Hey-o. And it's not a bad thing. Moose, what's, what's going on? Moose going, moose, man? Moose checking in. Good to Haven't see you. Haven't heard from Moose in a while.
1: always he's here today. Moose so is loose. Enjoy uh,
0: it. Moose checking in. Uh, as there always, you, you can always catch up with us on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. Love it when you guys drop your comments, drop your questions, and the phone lines are always open, 912-342-7184 if you want to be involved with the show. Again, 912-342-7184 if you want to be involved with the show. We're talking NFL overtime rules today. I uh, got some practice notes to get to. From Georgia's spring practice, what's the quarterback situation looking like? What's that first team offensive line looking like? Some surprising names, some local names, getting some reps there uh, with the first team, and then a really surprising local name on the roster at Georgia. So we'll dive into that coming up. But I wanted to start with the overtime rules because I know PJ is just furious. So right now the rules are going to be if you get the ball first and you score a touchdown in the regular season, game over. Right? Mm-hmm. If you get the ball first in the regular season, go down, kick a field goal, then the other team gets a possession, can kick a field goal or score a touchdown to walk it off. If they kick a field goal, then the game's just sudden death. Yeah. Right? Overtime in the playoffs now, regardless of what happens on that first drive, the other team is then going to get a possession as well. And then if they score more points than you on that possession, like you kicked a field goal, they score a touchdown, or you score a touchdown, they score a touchdown, and they go for two, it's over if both teams score the same amount of points of those possessions then it becomes sudden death. It's better than what it was? Right. <clears throat> just because you don't want a coin flip determining a game, here's where my thought has always been because I I'm not a fan, I know this is going to make some people mad. I am not a fan of college football's overtime. Cuz I feel like football, I've said this before, and this is the best way I've ever heard it described is Football is a game of hostile, hostile real estate acquisition, right? Where you are physically bludgeoning somebody for five, 10 yards in front of you. Yeah. It's on the board. That kind of defeats, to me, the spirit of football. To me, field position matters. Your kicking game matters. That doesn't mean with field goals, that's kickoff unit coverage, punts, all of that, right? So it kind of defeats the purpose of a vast majority. I've never been a huge fan of that. What I do like is what I think the NFL is trying to get to or was originally. I think all you should do is if the game ends and it hits triple zeros and it's tied, it kicks, but in soccer, you just add some more time on the clock and keep it. Yeah. And football, I I think, honestly, it's still tied. Cool. Five
1: more minutes. Fourth quarter. In that sense, should they now we're like theory crafting, and uh, I, I don't know. But do they keep the ball wherever they're at at the end of that quarter, or does it reset someone kicks to another, like w- I, like it's the start of a new half? I, you know? I, think,
0: I think maybe you could do like a new half. I think that would be fine. Gotcha. And so it's like you know if you have the ball last and you got the ball first to start the game, then you're going to get the ball. So it kind of changes the strategy, right? Like you don't yeah. inherently have yeah. to rush to go score. You can knowing that if you score the game's over. Right. Right. But I just, I think you kind of do it like halves. Yeah. I think that's what they do in basketball, right? So it's like if you're doing a quarter system, if you got the ball to start the fourth quarter, the team that, or do they do a tip yeah. off again? Yeah. That's kind of the, yeah. yeah.
1: That's, that's, that's but the But possession, big thing like in soccer that, and
0: basketball, yeah. doesn't matter nearly as much as a possession in football.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So I just, I think you kick off just like it's another half. And like I said, just five minutes, make it a five minute quarter.
1: Yeah. I don't I don't inherently disagree with that when it comes to college football. I've, or I've NFL. always like Yeah. I I've always like to me specifically with college football, I have two sides and one side of me is the fan and just loves the excitement and that side of me loves college football overtime how it was a few years ago. Um now I think that the two point conversion stuff's absolutely ridiculous. Um but the excitement part of me loves Uh, Just like the excitement part of me loves penalty kicks, loves starting on the 25. But I've never disagreed. The other side of me has never disagreed with you in the sense of that's not football at its purest form. And Lord knows college
0: football has gone even farther away from football with whatever the hell this two-point conversion thing is. Like Penn State, Illinois was a crime against God.
1: It was in every way. And and to to me, like the fact that we saw that, and then even – I'll say it like I I know it was a a classic type of game and rivalry game how important it was all that but like even Auburn Alabama it was a shame that that's how it ended like it it was a dang shame that that's how that game ended coming down a two point conversion
0: but but so like think it's about embarrassing. so think about like what I'm saying though where it just it changes the I'm trying to think of the right word. It, just, it, it changes the scope of the game. It changes like the truth, I guess, of football, which is Auburn was just absolutely wrecking Alabama up front yeah. during that game. And then Zacoby McClain was having the game of his life playing DB mm-hmm. for Auburn and just shutting down who he needed to shut down. Uh, who who is it? Uh, Jameson Williams got ejected in that game. Yeah. And so he just had to lock down John Mechie, and all of a sudden Alabama's offense couldn't do anything against Auburn because Auburn was dominating up front. And Alabama couldn't get anything going. You put Bryce Young at the twenty-five. Yeah. Well, you put Bryce Young at the three.
1: Well, that's the thing. And you well, just say
0: go. There's yeah. not a lot of teams in the country that can stop John Meche one-on-one after, for three after yards. All that. Yeah. Yeah, for three yeah. yards. If you get three yards on me and you're on your thirty, that's just good defense. Yeah, that's fine. If <laughs> exactly. you get if you get <laughs> that's three a good open field yeah. tackle. If you get yeah. three yards on me and you're three yards away, that's the game. It's. And it just completely changed the spirit, I guess, is what yeah. I was trying to say yeah. of the game. It's just it's not the same to me. So NFL overtime rules. So you
1: improvement? Well, yeah, yeah. And and getting back to Yeah, I know we love as you can see, and as you know, we love college football. So like we yeah. we but heard I would, one I thing would, about that. And-
0: I would prefer <laughs> to have the rules that the NFL has in college football.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I'm with you there. I'm with you. I wouldn't yeah. disagree with that. Um a part of me. Well, this is the thing, right? A part of the fan in me yeah. would die a little bit because we've we changed some of what I think is excitement, but we've already changed that. Like it's already gone. Yeah. So, if, so if like we're going to change after, it, let's change it to something like, good. Like
0: at like soccer, right? So maybe after a set amount of time, then you go to that. When it's just like it's, yeah, it's guaranteed it. they're not going to score, then you go to that. Fine. Because exactly. in soccer, the the thought process behind going to penalty kicks is they just played ninety minutes. We're gonna have them play thirty more minutes. Yeah. So you've played two hours of just fifteen-yard sprints (laughs) for two hours. True. Everybody is exhausted, and there's just there's nothing productive happening.
1: Yeah, it's still one to one. Like the only way somebody's
0: going to score is when the other team just all falls down with cramps Mm -hmm. or passes out from exhaustion, and then somebody just kind of like limply hits the ball into the goal.
1: Exactly. Right. Then we're all going to feel cheated anyway.
0: Right. Right? So like. So it's that's why you go to penalty kicks. If I think in college football, if you brought what the NFL is doing and then after that, what, 15 minutes after that extra period, yeah. then you go to that, fine. But like, can you imagine, again, go back to the Iron Bowl. Can you imagine Alabama goes down the field, ties the game up like they did? It was uh, Bryce Young's Heisman moment. And then we got a whole other quarter of football? Yeah,
1: it'd be incredible. We had a whole other quarter. We're kicking this thing off? It'd be incredible. Yeah, uh, it'd, it'd be fantastic. Um, and, and even even like, <laughs> I would feel... So much better about that Penn State-Illinois game. And I think the world would, too, if that's how that went, too. And we didn't have to suffer. I don't know.
0: Those teams might have just gotten stuck between overtime. the 40s and never <laughs> gone anywhere.
1: It's true. That's pretty much what happened throughout the game. Yeah. But, I mean, at least at least you're true to the game. But, uh, no. So, so yeah. When it comes to, to the NFL, I do think it's an improvement. I I agree there. I just hate these lukewarm, since I can't call it something else on the radio, these like lu- uh, lukewarm type of, of changes that I feel like eventually is going to change into something more, you know, further down the road. Like, for yeah. instance, I was, I was the same way when they started these changes, and they said, you know what? We won't have it be sudden death completely. If you kick a field goal, the other team's going to get a chance. And I was like, why don't we just make it both teams get a chance now because it's that a field goal still isn't good enough. Like, this change still isn't good enough. I know what you're trying to imply and what you're starting. A few years down the road, we're probably going to get it changed. And lo and behold, we have. Yeah. But now it's just for the postseason. And I get – I understand the argument against it, right? Like, th- this is all about preserving the players' bodies and, and not having them in harm's way for, for longer than they have to be. And bodies breaking down and being more tired as the game goes on. I get it. But it's also it's another possession. And it's it's yes, it's throughout the season. Make this change throughout the whole season so we don't have all these bylaws that are like that are just like, yeah, we have this and we change this for this small period of time, but not the rest of the Well, so it. here's like, what I, kills I've me is never is liked
0: that. The all of the weird rules regarding football overtime come from the fact that they say, quote unquote, we want to save the players. Like we want to save their bodies. It's dangerous. It's just adding hit after hit to an already long season. But then college football expands the playoffs, doesn't take away a regular season game, and so now you're playing 15 games of college football if you make it to the national championship. The NFL, we care about their bodies. We want to get them off the field as soon as possible. We're also going to add an extra regular season game, and there's a potential we add more playoff teams. Yeah. So it's like, do you really care about their bodies, or do you have to get to the 430 window?
1: Right. Right. Precisely.
0: Like, do you really care about the... Do you really mm-hmm. care about the sanctity of the game and trying to make things fair, or do you care about getting it all in within a four-hour block? Right. Yeah. No, that's very. Do you, true. you you don't want people missing the start of Cowboys Giants because the Falcons and the Panthers are playing another quarter of football? Mm-hmm. So I mean, like, just say what it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Get, or like
0: get, Kevin said, we go back to what Georgia high school football used to be, which was penetration yeah both teams got the yeah. ball. No. whoever drove further into the other team's
1: territory won baby, right? It's like uh, yeah, I feel like this this is very similar to like my thoughts on the on the college football playoff. like, hey, we're expanding the college football playoff to four teams Or we're starting the college football playoff. It's gonna be four teams. like what? Yeah. okay, yeah, that's that's good. It's better, but it's not the best. And I don't know, i I just like you said. And at least if you're going to give me something, be honest with me and don't, yeah. don't try and get one by me like I'm not smart enough to get all this You don't know what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. No, that's a very good point about the time window. I, I did see someone uh, bring up an argument. Just It's dangerous when you start scrolling through Twitter and looking at comments and stuff. But um, someone said, well, I guarantee you if um, you know the NFL tried to make this a change throughout the whole season – the NFLPA would come back in and want more money for their players since they're having to play extra snaps. And I mean, I, I don't know. Part of me is, read that and thought the same thing you did. Is like, well, they're playing more games. They're wanting to add more yeah, the, teams to the, the, the snap playoff. This thing like, confuses
0: me because, like, okay, if that's the case, then the hurry-up offense shouldn't be allowed, right? Or no huddle. Yeah. Like, if, if you're care- if you're worried about how many plays somebody's playing, okay. There should be not only a play clock, but also a minimum play right. clock where you have to spend a minimum amount of time or maximum amount of time, one or the other, right? Yeah. You can't yeah. just get up to the line. You will be, like, oh, we don't want too many plays. Right. Chip Kelly, calm down.
1: And that's the thing. That's why I say, like, I know I might say it lightly, and if, if you're a football player that's been injured in the past, like, you might come at, be mad at me about, I don't know, but it's like, it's one possession. But, like, if a, another team scores... During the regular season, it, all I'm asking for yeah. is you add on one possession, let it, just but, like you would in the postseason. I think it's kind of
0: like a fulcrum, right? Where it's like the the injury chances go up
1: the the right? longer you get the, into a game. Yeah, yeah, the
0: longer and like the more tired you are, like the chances of injury go up from there. But again, I don't think one extra possession. Now, college football, where you have LSU and Texas A&M going to like nine overtimes or whatever. All right, maybe. Like that yeah. that's a little weird. But again, that's cuz you're putting the ball in 25 and you had two great quarterbacks going back and forth in that game. So, I right. don't know. It is what it is. Like we're not obviously going to change it, but in my opinion, I think the best one now in football is the NFL's playoffs overtime rule. Yeah,
1: I think it's incredible. Yeah. Like that's that's my thing too is I think my uh, what I'm saying about the regular season is maybe maybe shadowing my my happiness uh with with this change. I do think it's incredible. Um I I can't wait for Postseason, uh, you know, playoffs and play and whatnot, and if they get in overtime, I I can't wait to see it. It's going to be great. Uh, I think that uh, even the stat over the past ten years, you know, teams that win the coin toss are ten and two. Yep. Uh, that's wild stat, but that's exactly why the the change should be made. Uh, at the same time, I just you know I I get frustrated when
0: hey sometimes sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes you're Matt Hasselbeck. You're like we're going to win this coin toss and we're going to go win the game. Yeah. Then you win the coin toss. You throw a pick six. So, right. Hey, sometimes it works the other way. We gotta take a quick break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna dive into Georgia spring practice. What are the storylines? Who are some players who have stepped up? And kind of, we're gonna try to go through. And like right now, if Georgia had to play Oregon, what are those first two teams looking like? We're gonna dive into yeah. that when we come back next. This is Second Down on ESPN Radio. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by uh, the Uniform Source, Christian O'Kelley, alongside PJ Zuko, diving into some Georgia Spring practice here. But first, PJ, yeah, I have to make a declaration. I have officially kicked my Wordle habit.
1: Is it something you have to kick though? Like, yeah, what? like I was, I
0: was. It, it had become part of my day. I would like either at midnight if I was still up, I would just go ahead and hit that day's Wordle. If I was had a couple seconds at lunch, and I hadn't done it, I'd knock it out, or before bed, you just knock out that day's Wordle, but I am furious, because I have never missed a Wordle. Yeah. Never. Okay. Perfect, and it still shows 100%, but for whatever reason, okay, Wordle kept resetting my win
1: streak. So, alright. Okay. yeah. For a second there, I thought you were just like, you, you were going on about why you were quitting it. You were like, it was part of my day. I did it. I, did it. I, lo- if, I love if it. it. was that, that's, that, See, it's that's... challenging. It, so it got I was my heart like...
0: rate up a couple of times when it had words that ended in like... With like four letters that could be about seven different things. Oh, yeah. Like, that's how yesterday like R-A-S-H. Was. You're like, okay, that could be crash. Like, yeah. That could be brash. Like, there could be so many different things, right? Trash. Like It could be anything. And so it's horrifying, and then when you get it, just the exhilaration, mm-hmm. or when you get like on the second try, because I'm never getting oh. on the first try because I I was a cheater and I used the anchor word. That's okay. Yeah. So I just I had I had to quit. I was like, listen, if you guys aren't going to keep track of my record, there's no reason for me to do this. So I felt like I'm going to say it. I felt like I was the best Wordle
1: player on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I've met a few people like that. But there's actually. there's but, no like there's no debating. And I
0: had not missed.
1: Yeah, but well, no, he has missed. I haven't either, but here's my thing is like I I, I do Wordle. This is gonna this might send you off I do Wordle on like seven different computers. So it never I, I never have a quote unquote win streak, but I've also never missed a word. Yeah. So on each one of those separate computers, I have a win streak and I have a hundred percent, but
0: why do you have seven computers?
1: I don't have seven. That's an exaggeration. But, like, I've done it on my phone before. I've done it on the work computer. Sorry, Kevin. Um, I've done it on yeah. uh, my, my home computer, of course. Done on uh, your Xbox. So. Like, yeah. Logged yeah, well, on to Internet Xbox, did, did it there. Did you get it? When did you quit?
0: Like, two weeks ago.
1: Oh, dang. Okay. Yester- not yesterday. The day before yesterday's. And I, I like that it's the day before yesterday that I know confidently that I can talk about it without spoiling anything for everybody. Dude, the first two words, I got no letters right. And both of those words had every vowel in it. Interesting. So then you get down four more tries, and I'm like, it's a word with a Y in it. It has to be. Um, I, I, I was beside myself for the longest time. You, just, you referenced those like exhilarating guesses, yeah. and that's kind of what got me on this. Nymph was the word. Nymph. And thank goodness I guessed glyph. Because yeah. then I got the ending, but man, that that one was wild, PJ Zuko, oh, crazy,
0: brain, just crazy, wild, exhilarating, heart. Pumping. It was
1: it was fun, man. I stood up when I got it. I stood up. Yeah, when they sold it to the New York Times, like, it reset go. my
0: it reset my streak. I was at like thirty eight days, reset my streak, and it's just like I was like, okay, fine, and then it did it again. I was like, nope, never again. So okay, that's that's where no. I'm at. But let's, let's talk come about back. We, let's talk about where George at. They're they in the middle all of spring practice. Uh, April sixteenth is the spring game. Uh, for Georgia and I want to go position group by position group here but we're going to do quarterbacks last and it's not because I'm like I want everybody hanging out because I have some sort of breaking <laughs> quarterback <laughs> news and uh, I want everybody sticking around at the end of the segment no it's just I know we can get mired in the Stetson Bennett muck and I'm not saying Stetson Bennett is muck I'm saying our conversations around him can turn into that Understood. and it just becomes yeah. about oh well, it's only because he's 5'11 it's like uh let's Wait, and we can do that at the end and see how much time we have <laughs> to roll around in that. So let's start with the running backs. Per a lot of reports, Kenny McIntosh, who's going to be a senior this year, has kind of taken over as the one back, right? Like He's going to be the first guy you see out there. And I think he's kind of a the best do-it-all back that Georgia had last year, where if you need somebody to run between the tackles, if you need somebody to stay on the field and then catch some passes, stay inside and run block, go outside and run routes, he could do it all. James Cook was phenomenal on some of those counter counterplays. Uh, he was amazing at catching the football and amazing at going outside. And then Zamir White, awesome between the tackles, struggled at times catching the football, right? I think if you like said best overall, mm-hmm. I think Kenny McIntosh has a chance to be that guy. And so he's been taking... Uh, the reps with the ones, but 1B because Georgia's always going to rotate at least 3-4 deep. Kendall Milton is apparently back and healthy and really the best we've seen of him was two years ago in Tuscaloosa where he was a true freshman and they were just handing him the ball at the middle between the tackles and Alabama had nothing for him. Yeah. Uh, Apparently the dude is even bigger than before. Your goodness. Yeah, so it's taken this off season, lost some of that baby fat, put on some more muscle, and so now you're going to have your kind of standard back, and Kenny McIntosh, and then maybe, I don't want to say Derrick Henry, but maybe kind of like your Bo Scarborough back. Yeah, a And Kendall Milton, which I think could be really exciting. Uh, After them, though, because you're going to need that third back, uh, they just got the kid out of Mississippi, Branson Robinson, as a freshman, and he'll probably see some carries, but Dejan Edwards, uh, who's kind of been the, the Brendan Douglas, if Georgia fans remember him from about... Eight, nine years back, number 22, played with Todd Gurley. Dajon Edwards kind of been him where he was the cigar back is kind of what you call it, where it's you're up 20, up 30, and then you put that back in and he can just pick you up chunks and just run the clock out. Yeah, Kind of stick the old cigar in your mouth, right? Dajon Edwards has played that role the last few, couple years, but apparently he's earning some reps uh, with the ones as well out of Colquitt County there. So uh, I think with those three, you're looking good, and then you have Robinson- There as well. Uh, Moving over to wide receivers, Brian McClendon, former UGA running back, a guy who has a ton of experience uh, in and around the SEC. Uh, Most recently, he was at Oregon before going to Miami, and then Georgia hired him away uh, from Miami to come over, take their wide receiver coaching position. And working with Todd Munkin, they're saying the first thing he did was walk into the recruiting room and erase it and put his guys up there that he wants to go after. So apparently Brian McClendon has a certain type of wide receivers that he's going to want to go after, and it's more of the physical freaks and the guys that we – I don't want to say we haven't seen because you've had a George Pickens, but he wants George's wide receiver room to more consistently resemble what Alabama and Clemson's and those schools do, where they go out there and they get the top receivers instead of – letting Alabama and Clemson go get the top receivers and then you get the guys
1: after trying to fill in the blanks,
0: right? But, uh, surprising, absolutely. No one, uh, 80 Mitchell has been the guy, uh, has the biggest catch in the history of Georgia football. I'd say outside of Lindsey Scott. And I'd, I would hear arguments that in a national championship game, catching that bomb from Stetson Bennett, uh, might be even bigger, but he's become the number one guy in that room. Uh, we heard a bunch of guys talking about him after the season saying like, no, no, y- y'all got to, Watch out for this kid because if he gets like a full offseason to work as the number one X, he's going to be playing where George Pickens played. Then he's going to be special. After him, uh, some of the names are surprising. That I, I figured there'd be a couple other guys like a uh, Kyrus Jackson who's back up there or Dominic Blaylock, but Lad McConkey is the one who has really kind of taken over that slot receiver position. Okay, and so it could be a pretty consistent rotation with him and Kyrus Jackson there. Kyrus Jackson, the leader, the vet, uh, but Lad McConkey. Who has showed explosion that last year? He's been repping a lot, and then a guy who Georgia fans will remember, uh, maybe for not the best reason, but he was having a good game before that. Uh, Marcus Roseby, Jack Saint, who a couple years ago in Jacksonville broke his leg after catching a t- like caught the touchdown and broke his leg on the same play. Yeah, he's back and he's showing out. So right now it's looking like if Georgia rolled out there, what we would see is Ad Mitchell. Marcus Roseby jack St. on the other side, and then a rotation between Ladd McConkey and Kiaris Jackson uh, at that slot position. Uh, a couple other guys to watch out for, Arian Smith, who Georgia fans know, crazy fast. Yeah. Right? Like, <clears throat> world-class Olympic speed fast. Apparently, he's been making some highlight catches uh, and just more so than highlight catches. Like, they're taking a snap, and all of a sudden, somebody's seven yards behind the defense. Yeah. That's been Arian Smith in spring practice. Dominic Blaylock, as well, another guy uh, that's been dealing with a lot of injuries, is looking like he's going to be good to go uh, for the season and working in and going to have a lot of significant snaps. So those those are your wide receivers. Tight ends a weird group to talk about because it's so injured. Uh, Brock Bowers having postseason surgery. Uh, Darnell Washington is out with a lower leg injury for the spring. So really, Eric Gilbert and Brett Scyther are the only like returning quote unquote tight ends that have been repping, and then Oscar Delp, the true freshman four-star coming in, has been repping as well. But everybody knows what they got in Brock Bowers. Yeah. You know what you have in Darnell Washington. But as I said earlier, there's a local guy that we need to talk about, and this news kind of broke yesterday really quietly. Mm. And I was informed of it by somebody sending me a text and saying, hey, is he on, who's on Georgia's football roster? Yeah. And I was like, no. They said, Randon Jernigan. Is on Georgia's football roster. Yeah. So I went to GeorgiaDogs.com, looked at the 2022 football roster for spring practice, scrolled down to the guys who have no numbers. And sure enough, former Glen Academy quarterback, wide receiver, baseball player Rainn and Jernigan is working with the Georgia football team. He's a member of the baseball team and has made some like sports center top 10 center field grabs for Georgia. Uh, but from a football sense, the last time we saw Raynan Jernigan, he was leading Glen Academy in 2017. To a semifinals appearance as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And he is working out at wide receiver for Georgia right now. And so his what was it, his freshman year, he was at Brunswick. And then right. sophomore yeah. and junior year, he kind of played running back wide receiver because Glenn Academy had a dude named DJ Dallas. Yeah. Slinging the rock around for him. So Pretty solid. Yeah. And so he has experience playing wide <laughs> receiver and crazy fast. Yeah. And, I don't want to like overstate it, but I'm I'm relatively sure. He had the fastest home to first base time. That's one of the measurements in baseball in the state of Georgia. His senior year, yeah, like legit clocked laser four four speed. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And so he's been at Georgia, getting bigger and stronger, and now with a lot of these injuries, and with I don't want to say he's doing it because of a lack of bodies, but he's getting an opportunity to go out there and play. Yeah, I think that's pretty exciting. So for sure, and for like somebody who needs like a reference for how fast dude is, his senior year I was in the stadium uh, when he did it. They were playing Valdosta. And Valdosta has some guys who are still playing college football, a couple guys I think in the NFL that were on that team. Right? He took just kind of like a triple option, read the running back, kept it, and then hit right off of the left tackle and split Valdosta's defense right down the middle to the point where Valdosta DBs and linebackers had angles on him and just right down the middle outran all of their <laughs> angles. It was so, like, stunning how fast he was yeah. that it was on, like, the overtime – as their top play. It was on the max preps as their top play. Dude is fast, fast. So I think it's pretty cool. So Glenn Academy's reigning the journey again, working out with the football team. Let's hit the offensive line uh, real quick, because there's a couple other local guys that I want to talk about. This is from Graham Coffey, uh, who's going to join us coming up at 320. He said the first team right now has been Broderick Jones at left tackle, which we saw him play there a lot in the SEC Championship semifinals and National Championship when they'd kicked Jamari Sawyer inside. Uh, Broderick Jones... Xavier Truss at left guard, Cedric Van Pran at center, Devin Wilcock or Willick, excuse me, uh, at right guard, and then Warren McClendon locked down that right tackle position. Second team, uh, and I, you got to watch out for a couple of these names here Ernest Green, left tackle, Micah Morris from Camden County, walk, rocking with guards with the second team, Warren Erickson, the center, Austin Blasky from South Effingham, yeah. right guard on that second team, and then Chad Lindbergh, another big time recruit. Uh, up there as well. Tate Ratledge, who got hurt in the Clemson game, is still working his way back. But the news with Micah Morris is Micah Morris has been repping with the ones as well. So there's a distinct chance you th- see three local guys yeah. taking snaps for right. Georgia's uh, George's first-team offensive line there. And I think a really solid offensive line under a new coach there, Stacy Searles. Uh, let's take a quick break here. We'll come back. We'll dive into the defense because even more so than the offense, just replacing a ton of people but I think going to surprise you some of the talent uh, that's going to be there. It shouldn't surprise you with the recruiting classes. But I think when a lot of Georgia fans think, God, that defense is going to be tough next year. It's like, no, no, no. It's going to be nasty again. Mm-hmm. So we'll take a look at that when we come back. Again, this is Second Down on ESPN Radio. If you miss any portion of our show, you can check us out. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, ESPNCoast.com, anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, you can listen to the show. We'll come back, and take a look at what Georgia's defense has been doing in spring practice next, right here on ESPN Radio. All right, I have to step up here in my producer role because we can't come back talking about Georgia's defense. I love Jason Isbell, but we can't we can't come back listening to Jason Isbell on this, can we?
1: I mean, I I don't know. Maybe there.
0: Sure. We'll uh. There we go. Go, go
1: ahead and yeah.
0: A little Pearl Jam going.
1: Nothing wrong with Pearl Jam. Uh, Yeah. Solid. Solid. I've never really... Nothing
0: wrong with Pearl Jam?
1: Well, no. All right.
0: (laughs) I will fight you. Mm -mm.
1: Uh, I'll I'll say this. I like Pearl Jam more than I like Jason Isbell.
0: Whoa! (laughs) No, you say you like them both. Is that dangerous? You say you like them both.
1: Is that a problem?
0: All right. (laughs) It's about we're about to have a problem, but first we're gonna talk about Georgia's defense. Uh, so you're coming off maybe the best season by Georgia defense ever. Would that be fair to say? Uh, yeah. Like, can you remember one that was more talked about?
1: No, not like, I'll always have I mean, I'll always
0: have a soft spot in my heart for those like early two thousands Georgia defenses with the Odell Thurmonds and David Pollock's and the the Bailey's on those, right? Like those are some great. Richard Seymour, Charles go. Grant, Marcus yeah. Stroud. Charles Johnson, mm-hmm. I mean, just dude after dude after dude after dude. But this defense, that's how they're going to be talking about it for a long, long time. I
1: mean, like, it, it, compare that, right? Like, you're comparing it to other Georgia defenses. People throughout the season and even after the season yeah. were comparing this defense's defense to other defenses in college football. Like, great yeah. defenses in all of college yeah, football. So when you say that and you put it that way, I feel like most likely the best yeah, and the so the best, you know, Georgia defense of all time. So
0: realistically, if we're, if we're talking about guys who were taking snaps with this defense as starters, right? You have about five, six guys coming back who were significant starters. You have a bunch of guys who had playing time last year, but guys who started games. You have about five to six guys coming back, and I say five to six because if you want to consider Dan Jackson a starter, I'll buy that. Because he played a lot of snaps, especially against some of the passing teams you we were playing. Like he played a lot of snaps against Clemson, right? He played, he got toasted by Jamison Williams, but Lord knows he played in that SEC championship game. So uh, Dan Jackson's back, but there's some guys that I want to start with here in the secondary. Uh, and I think the biggest one is Christopher Smith. And dude, from what we heard, is just doesn't come out. He is like the one stalwart there in the secondary who's not moving. He's gonna be your free safety. Now, who steps up and plays strong safety is the next question. And it's going to be, it looks like, between the aforementioned Dan Jackson, uh, who had some good plays last year, a really good open field tackler, just don't know that he's going to be the same kind of guy who can run the box like a Lewis scene, right? Like, he could just run down an alley and absolutely light you up. Another guy, though, who is just out of this world talent-wise, we just haven't seen a lot of him, is Kamari Lasseter, uh, and so it's Dan Jackson and Kamari Lasker working out of that strong safety position. Uh William Poole, who stepped up there kind of towards the SEC championship into the semifin- yeah, into the semifinals, into the national championship. He's kind of taken over that star position. Haven't heard a whole lot about Tyke Smith. He's still dealing with coming back from that knee injury, but former All American could be a big part of the defense as well. Uh and then on the other side, looking at this. Cornerback spot, Keely Ringo has taken over. And we played some audio last week of Kirby Smart talking about Keely Ringo and saying he's about as talented as they come. His hope is to be a top ten pick. And now he just has to not let being basically a like having a picture like a picture player, right? Where it's just people are always gonna remember Keely Ringo mm-hmm. jumping up and picking off that pass in the national championship. You still have stuff to do. He still has work to do and a whole nother season at least coming up in front of him but he's locked down one side. Nylon Green right now uh, has taken a lot of the first-team reps on the other side of Keely Ringo. So that's a, just a quick look at your secondary. Some other guys who you're going to be very familiar with uh, in the front seven, there's three guys pretty much that have locked up their position and it's really because of seniority and talent. Jalen Carter, who we all know is just maybe out of Devonta White and Jordan Davis, the most talented. And it seems crazy to say Based off of Jordan, uh, Jordan Davis' combine Jordan Davis and yeah, Jalen that's Carter, tough. that's yeah, a yeah. horrifying mutant. Saying
1: that back-to-back back is rough. But
0: No, like Jordan Davis' combine was insane. Jalen Carter might be more talented. And so he's yeah. coming back, taking over that Crazy. Jordan Davis spot. The other two guys, though, are going to be on the outside, Nolan Smith and Robert Beal, two guys who have played a lot of football for Georgia. Nolan Smith's been there for a while. Robert Beal, I'm pretty sure I'd have to check. I think he's a six-year senior coming back and playing. Just using that extra COVID year. So wow. they're going to be your yeah. outside linebacker guys. There's some freshmen behind them that are going to be really good, but they're going to kind of rotate in and out. Uh, Chas Chambliss, who we saw get ejected in the Michigan game for a clean hit. He's been wa- working at that outside linebacker spot a lot. Uh, he's a good run stopper, but he's an el- electric pass rusher. So watch out for Chas Chambliss. And then uh, MJ Sherman as well, uh, getting some looks. Now the question becomes, On the line, who are some of the guys that step up? i say Warren Brinson, someone to watch. A local guy out of Savannah, went down to IMG Academy and has been up at Georgia for a while now. Super talented, just kind of waiting for it to turn on there a little bit. And then Zion Logue uh, as well has been really good there uh, in the middle as well. So if you're looking for the guys who are going to be replacing a Devontae Wyatt, right? Zion Logue and Warren Brinson, uh, I'd watch out for them. As well as Barry Alexander, who everyone seems to love. Just haven't seen a lot of them because he's been dealing with some surgery. Inside linebacker here, uh, quickly, because I know it's just a lot. right, uh, we're <laughs> trying to get a lot of information out there. Yeah. Uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson uh, is really kind of taking over the inside linebacker spot there for Nicobe Dean. Uh shoot I shouldn't say N'Kobe Dean. Nicobe Dean, Chaney Tindall, and Quay Walker. Yeah. Like uh, you lost a ton of talent in there, but he's taking over Rion Davis, who's got a probably the best name. Let's talk about the two nicknames. Even if they're not great, they have maybe the best nicknames for inside linebackers. Jamon Dumas-Johnson, they call him Pop at practice. And then Rion, his uh, quote-unquote nickname, middle name, whatever you want to call it, Trouble. Okay. So you got Pop and Trouble. Pop and Trouble. Playing inside linebacker there (laughs) uh, for you at Georgia. Tresman Marshall uh, also (laughs) rotating in there. So it's just five-star after five-star after five-star after five-star rotating in. It's just names we don't know. But I mean... Going through this, looking at some of the notes, and again, this is spring practice, so a lot of guys, a lot of this is going to switch in and out. We don't have a ton of info on the freshmen that are there right now because they're just kind of getting looks right now and just kind of trying to learn the playbook, honestly. And there have been some guys who are going to play this year uh, who are true freshmen, but I go through that, and then you have Ryan McGee saying, ah, Georgia might be double-digit winners, but there's not a chance in hell they're beating
1: Alabama. Hmm.
0: I look at that roster, and I think it gets a full season under it. That could be dangerous.
1: Yeah. I uh, extremely extremely I, I I wouldn't be uh throwing things around and I, I you know I like Ryan McGee quite a bit but I wouldn't be throwing things around uh like that quite quickly I, I don't think and saying it a lot I don't, I don't think this uh, Georgia team is just a, a one and done type of football team Kirby Smart has built it to be able to last yeah so and I, I think you're going to see that with different guys stepping up different units stepping up next year but I think they're going to step all all the same and, and be right there in co- competition. I, I don't think it's going to be something that you can just lift up your nose at and say they're they're done for. Yeah, is, the, no. is
0: the defense going to be like as silly as it was this past year, where it's like becoming like a running joke every week, like how dominant they're going to be, like what they did against Vanderbilt or once they what they did against Florida? Probably not. But it's still going to be one of the top three defenses in the country. Yep. And then offensively, I don't think it's a stretch of the imagination to say the offense is going to be better, Agreed. regardless of whoever's sitting back there throwing the football. See, this is why I didn't want to talk about quarterbacks because we talked about everybody else and now we have no time to talk about quarterbacks. Yeah. If we had talk about quarterbacks, we wouldn't have been able to get to anything else. But it's been a fun spring. Still got a lot more to go with the spring game coming up on April 16th. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back, wrap up second down, get you ready for three and out next. PJ. What's going on? PJ. Oh, yeah. You see who's on the prowl? <laughs> oh, you see man. who's on the prowl? Could it be anybody else? You see who's on the prowl? I think I might know. One Eldrick Tiger Woods Hey-o. took a little private plane down to Augusta National. Put a little practice around, see how he's feeling.
1: I'm testing things out.
0: We can probably see him at Augusta coming up here in about a month. Bob Herrig from Sports Illustrated going to join us to discuss that coming up here in about 30 minutes, as well as Graham Coffee here at 320 talk Georgia spring practice. All that coming up next right here on ESPN Radio.